Ladies and gentlemen, stoners and growers, welcome to a midnight rendezvous like no other. I'm your host, Socrates Grows, broadcasting from a server in the heart of America. Join me on this extraordinary journey through the lush foliage of my autoflower garden to learn how to grow your very own fire at home. This is Autoflower Power, the podcast that takes you deep into the hidden realms of the horticultural marvels that we call autos. On this episode, we will be looking at the life cycle of auto flowers. We're going to compare them to photo periods and go from everything from seed to harvest so you can know exactly what you're looking at and what you're supposed to be doing at each step of the way. We'll discuss milestones and what to be looking for, both during sexing and when you're changing over to flowering, and also some basic clues on how to identify when your plant is ready for harvest. So sit back and relax while we talk about the life cycle of the autoflower. Traditional photoperiod cannabis plants require a change in lighting schedule to trigger flowering. Autoflowers are on their own time schedule and will flower when they're ready. This is what sets autoflowers apart from other cannabis plants is their distinct ability to change from the vegetative growth stage into the flowering stage without any difference in the light schedule. Autoflowers also tend to take a shorter time to finish their full life cycle. This is a great benefit if you want to grow more varieties, get more plants into a smaller space, and more plants done throughout the year. The flip side to the faster schedule is that you have any problems without the ability to grow these longer in the vegetative period before they go to flower, you cannot have as much time to recover from mistakes. So let's go ahead and take a look at the different stages in the autoflower's life cycle. The autoflower starts with a seed. There's no clones, there's no mothers for autos. As mentioned before, there's no vegetative stage that you can continue going on and on because the autoflower is going to flip the flower by itself. So currently in the year 2023, there's not a real big market and there's no availability of autoflower clones or transplants or seedlings or whatever you want to call them. So you're going to typically start with a seed. Now, most but not all seeds are going to be feminized seeds. Uh, traditionally the reason why this is, especially with autoflowers is because a lot of autoflowers are aimed at home growers. Uh, that's not a hundred percent, uh, the case, but for the most part, autoflowers are a great tool for home growers. And because a lot of home growers are only allowed a maximum number of plants, uh, breeders have figured out that people want feminized seeds so that you're not having to cull male plants and remove them and waste your time in these small spaces where you can only have so many plants. We'll talk about the sexing because there are chances that you might once in a while get something that you aren't expecting, uh, but pretty typically on any autoflower seeds that you're getting from a reputable breeder, they're going to be feminized. Again, you're going to find some stuff if you grow for long enough that's a little strange, but typically autoflower seeds are feminized. Take care of your seeds when you first get them. Keep them in their original packaging if possible. That's usually the best way to keep your uh, autoflower seeds or any seeds good. Keep them in a cool, dark place with very minimal humidity if possible. Keeping seeds good is a battle against humidity, basically. And the reason for that is because seeds start developing uh, and they start to germinate once they're exposed to enough moisture and warmth. You're going to want to germinate your seeds in one of several varieties of ways, whether it's a paper towel method or doing them in a, a cup and then putting them directly into the soil. Um, you're pretty much going to want to wait 24 hours after they're hitting 
you know, the paper towel or whatever your method is. And after 24 hours, check them every 12 hours to see if they've germinated. Depending on your genetics, some will grow what's called a, not uh, technically, but what's referred to as the tail within 24 hours. It's going to be a little white thing and you'll know exactly what it is. Um, some might take longer up to 48 hours. I've had stuff go up to 72 hours and it's been fine. They've just been a little bit slow or they might not have been warm enough. It's not an issue yet. I would keep those and let them go for as long as they're going to take. Once the tail of the seed is about the width of your thumb's fingernail, make a little hole in the medium to plant the soil and put it in there. If the seed doesn't sprout again in 24 hours, continue to monitor it and keep it moist. That's one of the keys. You don't want it super dry and you definitely don't want it hot because you could burn that thing too. So you want something warm and moist to germinate your seed in. This should be uh, maybe the first uh, five days of your seedling's life for the plant. From days five to about 14, give or take, your plant is going to be a seedling. This begins when your plant's head basically pops out of the soil and shows itself for the first time. You're going to see a first set of leaves, which are going to be called a cotyledon, develop. These are false leaves. They don't look like what you expect from marijuana leaves or cannabis leaves. So just let them go. They're the first set of leaves. They start the photosynthesis for the future leaves to develop. So once you see those, you know you're in business. Once the cotyledon leaves are fully developed, you'll start seeing the first set of true leaves. Uh, these are the typical fan leaves that you see. The fan leaves will grow in number of fingers as each new node develops. The node is the uh, part where the stem branches off. This is where new bud sites develop and where new leaf sites develop. Once you're out of the seedling stage, the vegetative growth stage begins. This can last anywhere from two to three, four weeks, depending on the genetics. This is a stage in which the plant begins to really take up a lot of water and nutrients. You'll notice a big difference at this point. The plant will develop more and more green mass as nodes grow upwards and the leaves begin to spread out. Depending on the cultivar, this is where the plant can get very tall or very wide, bushy or uh, taller if it's a little bit more of a sativa type leaning structure of a plant. Um, and you'll start seeing those distinct uh, differences between the plants in the vegetative stage. The vegetative growth stage also provides the platform that the flowers will ultimately grow on. Uh, in the case of photoperiods, this is one of the uh, kind of upsides to the photoperiods over the autoflowers, but don't let that uh, take anything away from you. Photoperiods can be veg for as long as possible. So what that means is that you've got your light cycle going for 18 hours a day, and the photoperiods won't change over to flowering until you cut that time back to 12 hours on 12 hours off to mimic basically fall to let the plant know that its uh, season is coming to an end and that the plant needs to start flowering so they could reproduce autoflowers on the other hand don't go into flower so what we need to do is we need to make sure that these plants have as much growth as possible on them before they go into flowering otherwise we're not going to have the structure on the plant to be able to develop these big buds and these uh, numerous nodes and numerous bud sites across the plant. So whatever you can do at this stage during the vegetative growth stage, whether it's uh, applying the right amount of nutrients, the right amount of light, really dial it in here. Um, this is really important because this is going to give you a huge part of the ultimate results on both yield and quality of the plant. So definitely pay a lot of attention in the vegetative period and you'll get really much better results in the flowering period.
It's also at this stage that you're going to be able to look at what's called the calyx, which is basically the uh, the space in between the main stem and the branch. And there's going to be little uh, little clusters there. And what you're looking for are white pistils. These are basically white hairs that are sticking out, and that indicates that your plant is a female plant and that it will flower. You just want to keep an eye early on that there's no uh, rounded balls, uh, which indicate that the plants are male and that they will produce pollen, which could screw up your whole garden. So definitely pay attention to that early on. Make sure all your plants are female. Just keep an eye on it. With feminized seeds, it's not typically a problem. But again, there's always something that's uh, a surprise in there for you. So now we move into the final uh, stage of the plant's life, the flowering stage. This typically lasts from about day 30 to anywhere from day 84 to day 100 with autoflowers. Uh, typically, you're not going over 100 days with autoflowers, and it could be as short as 65 days total before you harvest the plant. I've had uh, plants in both directions. The flowering stage begins when the vegetative growth has stopped or slowed down to a great degree. Uh, you're going to take a look at those pistils or the white hairs, and they will begin to grow on the bud sites. That's the early uh, sexing of the plant, and that's really what indicates the beginning of flower. For the first few weeks, you're going to watch these uh, pistils. They're going to continue to grow and get longer. Uh, the areas around them will start adding height to the budding sites, and you'll see general growth. After these grow taller and taller, you're going to start seeing these uh, bud sites start to develop width, kind of get fatter and fatter, wider and wider. Uh, this is where the flowers really start developing and you start to notice the shape of the traditional cannabis flowers. You'll also start noticing at this point that some of the smells will begin, not all of them, some terpenes and the smells of the cannabis plants take longer to develop. But typically around this time, you can start uh, getting some kind of funky or fruity or candy smells going on, especially if you kind of rub your fingers across the plants. You'll also notice that the plants are frosting up more and more. You're going to see more of those trichomes appearing. It's going to become more reflective, and you're going to be able to start checking those trichomes with some type of microscope or lens or loop, whatever you've got available. Uh, start checking those just to get an eye out for what the actual plant is looking like kind of early on in the flower stage or mid-flower stage so you've got something to compare it to. Make a couple notes. Uh, just kind of, you know, this one is completely iced out. It's 100% clear, uh, you know, just so you have an idea when you go back later and you go, wait, was this always so clear? Was this ever milky? Like, I don't exactly remember. So again, taking notes on this kind of thing does help. Pictures also help too. You'll be able to see the buds fatten up and swell as they get closer and closer to harvest. Uh, the smells will grow more and more intense as we get closer to the final days of the plant. The buds will get both taller and fatter. Uh, some autoflowers grow these huge, chunky, dense colas that are just like really incredible to see develop. Uh, this is the stage where you start seeing those develop into each other and really grow and put on mass. Uh, this will happen very quickly. Again, we're talking the span of maybe 35, 40 days total from the vegetative period from when you first see those pistols to having these beautiful, gorgeous, big, dense buds on your autoflower plants depending on what type of genetics you're running and how you're doing it once you're there you'll see that the leaves will start yellowing a lot of times beginners are very concerned that they've done something wrong 
why are my my leaves all yellow now uh that's just the fade uh sometimes the fade can come in beautiful purple sometimes pink sometimes purple these are the colors that you see on the covers of the high times magazines or on instagram that you just go how do you get those colors um really a big part of that is think about the trees in the autumn the green is pulled out of the leaves and it's replaced with the beautiful reds and oranges as the autumn comes this is the same thing going on with your autoflower plants or any cannabis plants they're eating the uh, chlorophyll away and taking up any last resources they have and leaving you with something beautiful as winter and the autumn comes in you've been checking the trichomes the whole time with your loop You kind of have an idea of how much they've uh, developed from clear to cloudy, and now just a few are starting to turn amber. We'll discuss uh, when to harvest on a future podcast, but just some real basic uh, outline is you do want to keep an eye on your trichomes. Again, with a loop, you would need something closer in because you can't see this with uh, your bare eye. You want to look for, depending on what you're trying to do with the plant, anywhere from 5 to 20% amber trichomes. So that means if for every uh, you know little view that you get of the trichomes, about 20% of them have turned amber. Uh, the rest can be cloudy, and you don't really want to see a lot of clear ones. So you're shooting for about, let's say, 15% amber, just as a general rule. It could be more, it could be less. Don't forget, every plant is different. There will be some genetics in which the plant does not ever go amber. Uh, I've had some plants that I've let go for far too long because they didn't amber up the way I was expecting, and I've had uh, not the ideal results. So definitely keep an eye on both the trichomes, and if it seems to be going over, don't be afraid to pull it a little early. Speaking of pulling it a little bit early, you'll notice that the trichomes on the top of your plant uh, develop to amber much quicker than the lower branches so one tip that i can give to you is to harvest it in different sections so you first pull down the top let the rest of it go for a little bit longer and then let those amber out and then you could pull those that's just one little tip for plants especially the taller plants i've noticed where they're getting a lot more uh, light exposure at the top versus the bottom the bottom ones are going to take a lot longer to develop and they will uh, speed up quite a bit once you take the tops down and uh, get those a lot more direct exposure to the sun. One other uh, clue that your plants are about ready to go down is that they're going to stop taking up uh, water at the same rate as they were. They'll basically stop taking in water. Uh, The plant is no longer going through photosynthesis and has no real use for this water. So you'll see that the feedings will become uh, further and further apart and water will just sit in your dish if you're bottom feeding. This is a pretty good telltale sign that your plant is just about ready to be harvested, if not ready to go right then. All right, it's time to chop your plant down. This will be the end of your plant's life cycle. The plant will no longer grow, no more flower will be produced, no more trichomes will develop, no more green will be grown. So, there's still a little bit to do in the afterlife of the plant. Uh, this is important to go over just very briefly so you can kind of have an idea of what we're going to be doing and what the plant is going through. Even though the plant is dead, it's still changing chemically and there's uh, more development going on throughout the uh, actual plant material itself. Our goal, number one goal, is to reduce the deterioration of trichomes while removing the moisture from the plant. 
this is how we're going to be able to make this plant shelf stable, keep the flowers in great condition, keep them up to their highest standard, and keep the THC and the terpenes at their greatest levels possible. The ideal thing that we need to do is give the plant an atmosphere that allows drying very slowly, preferably 10 to 14 days if we can do it, and to reduce the number of trichomes that we lose over that period before we start curing the plant. We're going to be going over harvesting, drying, and curing in an episode that's going to be coming out soon. Once the plant is dry and it begins its curing process, the plant still continues to produce and synthesize THCA, which will increase the potency of the final flower product once we use it. During the curing, we also develop more and more terpenes, which affect the smell and the taste. This is what gives it the distinct smells and flavors that we associate with the different strains. Uh, this is also what makes it interesting to grow a variety of strains. Uh, the effects will become stronger and stronger as the terpenes develop, and you will get better bud with a good cure after a good dry. The other uh, real benefits of a proper cure is that you prevent bacterial growth from continuing in the plant, uh, preventing both molding and other issues down the line, and you're stabilizing the flower for longer storage. So if you can keep your hands off of it, uh, this would be a good time to let your uh, stuff sit there for a little while and grow better and better with time. So that's it for the stages of the autoflower plant. We went from seed to seedling to vegetative growth and automatically moving into the flower. We even went through a little bit of the afterlife of a autoflower cannabis plant and what to expect from the development of it as far as terpenes, flavors, and potency. I hope you've taken something from this that you can directly apply to your garden today to grow bigger, more vigorous, and monster giant plants. Check out the show notes at socratesgrows.com slash life. You'll find show notes and other useful links from this episode there. And until next time, take it easy. Bye.